Welcome to the Tunnel Cub post-game reaction show. Uh, a little bit different format tonight. Um, it, it, you're with Mike. Sean is also on with me. And we have a special guest. Uh, Kevin uh, Denis is with us, uh, the capo for Kings in the North. We're all in Halifax right now. Um, and we're going to be watching uh, Forge take on uh, the Wanderers tomorrow. But uh, we did spend some time uh, watching tonight's TFC uh, Red Bull game. And, well, um, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> There's certain no way around that. Uh, a 2-0 loss um, in Harrison, New Jersey. Uh, look, hey, it's a place historically TFC has really never played well at. Um, so I don't think a loss is shocking. Um, I think we've seen out there in the Twitter verse and some of the reactions that you have, um, you're not happy about a lot of things happening with the club right now. So we'll get into some of that uh, during the show. Um, but Sean, um, so we're going to come to you first, as we always do, just your impressions on the match as a whole and maybe sort of Maybe talk a little bit about the one sticking point that I see out there right now, which is a lot of you are not happy that TFC are playing the kids. I mean, we've, we've had this discussion from preseason to last year. We've all wanted to see the kids play. See, you know, we've heard the hype of a lot of these kids. Um, and I, I still believe in a few of them. I still think that a lot of them have a lot to bring to the table. I think the problem that a lot of fans need to take a step back is that we've thrown in every game five to six young, fresh-faced kids and expect them to just figure it out right away. We don't have the, you know, usually in an ideal scenario, you're going to have a, a roster of maybe seven to seven, eight, maybe nine more seasoned veterans, players that are, are that you can rely on and then sprinkle in the odd young player to develop alongside those guys, those senior players. We're not seeing that this year. We're having more often than not five or six young Academy prospects starting game in game out and hoping that they can figure it out right away. And with that, we also have most of them playing a new position that they've never played in their life. So you're asking a 17, 18, 19 year old kid, who maybe has been a striker or a midfield all his life to figure out how to play professional soccer at a defensive level. We need to take a step back and realize it's not going to, like we can't, we're not going to see everything happen overnight. We're not going to see a championship team with these young kids happen overnight. It's going to take time. And it's, it's frustrating because we see the mistakes and, and it's ang it angers me when you see the same player make the same mistake over and over. Maybe the real issue is that these players should not be forced to play out of position anymore. Maybe the real issue is that some of these kids who we've asked them to play, you know, whatever it is, like you come in, Kosi, you're going to play left wing back or right wing back. You've never played in your career, but you're going to figure it out as a professional at 19 years old. That's a lot to ask. And most human beings, if you're thrown into it, you get hired on a job to do one thing next thing they tell you, well, guess what? We need you to be the senior vice president of strategic whatever. And you, all you've ever done is answer telephones all your life. But you got to figure it out. It's not going to happen overnight. So we have to take a step back and realize they're going to rebuild. And the rebuild is ugly. 
and we're going to have days like today where no matter what Red Bulls, we're going to get that win, I think. I don't think there's not much we could have done lineup-wise, even if we had an, our, our best 11. I don't think that would have changed anything. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. And, and, guys, obviously this is sort of the fans' reaction show, so please go ahead, request the mic. Um, if you're listening on your phones, just listen on the – grab the uh, mic at the bottom left, request it. Um, we'll get you on air. Um, but, yeah, look, I, th- I think, Sean, you make a really good point. I will also counter that, though, by saying I understand the frustration that's out there from Toronto FC fans. And I'm not saying you're not valuing that either. I just think, look, the, the, the move from Bob Bradley, and this is going to be on Bob Bradley's shoulders, right? He is not just the manager. He's also, um, you know, the, the sporting director. So he's making decisions on, on signing players. Look, he jettisoned a lot of senior talent. Right. And, and I think I think we all agreed at the end of the season that a lot of change needed to happen. So I, I'm not as upset about that. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that some of those changes needed to be made. Uh, however, there are some questionable decisions within that, um, especially because you are trying to roster build. Right. And you TFC have been afraid for a really long time to say the, the R word, which is rebuild. They do not want to say it. If you talk to any, they do not mention rebuild, right? And, and that is, and I get it, right? It, they'll look at it from a perspective of, well, we just signed Lorenzo Insigne. So is that really a rebuild? Um, and look, it is. This is a rebuild. Um, they're just trying to fast track it a little bit by getting, you know, a, a really talented player at a time where, you probably have no other time to get them. So uh, I think right now what we're seeing and what, what's frustrating is that, as Sean said, you're throwing five, six, seven young players into the deep end, right? Um, and you're throwing them in, tr- hoping that they can find a way to swim quickly. Um, and that's not how it always works. Um, and, and, and yeah, you're going to see frustrating nights like this where, DeAndre Kerr is invisible and turning the ball over like crazy. And then Jaden Nelson has flashes and looks good. And then in the other moments is just, you're like, where did that player go from five minutes ago? Um, you know, you're, you're going to have those moments uh, and it is frustrating. And you kind of just, you know, I, I've seen those comments out there about, you know, why don't we have more of a senior roster? Well, we did have a pretty senior roster last year and they were crap. Right. So, you know, from that perspective, you know, you have to also look at it from that, that, that way as well. Um, Kev, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts as sort of the guest on the show. You know, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? And just tell it to us how you, how you sort of see it and feel it. Uh, yeah. Um, well, nobody, nobody ever said this season was going to be easy, right? Uh, like right from the go, uh, they never said rebuild, but they did say like, you know, uh, I think it was even Bob Bradley himself that said maybe two months ago, help is on the way eh, with Lorenzo Insigne. Um, but yeah, just to underscore like, you know, the things that both of you have said, it's like, yeah, we have young players playing out of position. It's just like, you know, like there was no good replacement for Justin Morrow after he retired. Uh, they put Jacob Schaffelberg back there. Jacob Schaffelberg should not be playing back there. No. Um, 
And then, you know, Oro is on loan, like, you know, again, same thing. And I, I said it during the game earlier tonight is, man, do I miss Nick Daly on right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that? He might be one of the few that would admit that yeah. publicly. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, like, you know, he, he did what he needed to do. And also, that man could score bangers. <laughs> well, I mean, to your point. If we look at our defensive core from last season to this year, who's what's there's only one person that actually took from last year from our defensive core, and he has he's played I think two and a half games, Chris in Chris Mavinga. Yeah. So you've got a brand new defensive core playing in front of you know the same two defense our keepers we've had that you know I think we've seen a slightly less goals against since Q's come in. Not to say that. That's we still we've had that discussion. That's something that needs to be addressed in the offseason. But we've got a, a makeshift defense every single game. Every single game. Everyone. So it's not as if we've had it. They've had any consistency in developing chemistry, understanding each other, knowing where to play off of each other, how each other plays. So defensively, we've been shambles from start. Right. Yeah. And then, like you said, you've got players that you know, there's moments where they look great in the game. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, well, what? Yeah. And that's, so it's frustrating. So I like, I think the thing is fans, we get the frustration when we see your tweets, but I think everyone sometimes needs to take a step back because it's, it's anger in the moment. It's frustration in the moment. We're seeing something happen and we're like, I can't believe he did that again, but we need to take a look at the bigger picture. The team literally jettisoned 70% of the roster that we had last year gone you cannot fix a team that quickly overnight okay let me come back to that i'm gonna come back to that richard um you're on the line go ahead just unmute yourself and give us your thought um i kind of want to kind of put into perspective for a lot of people in regards to this team difference between last year and this year during the game i got really frustrated because obviously the same mistakes kept happening but then my brother said, you know what, to, to, to put things into perspective, go look onto transfer market and look at the outgoing players over the last 12 months. And it was literally Soteldo, Richie, Marky Delgado, Kamar Lawrence, Dom Dwyer, Liam Fraser, Josie Altidore, Omar Gonzalez. Like, I'm at the point where I, I, I like, maybe Eric Zavaleta wouldn't be so bad. And... <laughs> Yikes! We're at that point, huh? But the, the, my, my problem with all of this is, on one hand, I can understand why the teardown happened in the way that it did, and if TFC were at least being honest and saying this is a rebuilding year, I would understand it. Although I would still be frustrated. My problem is that they're not being honest about what this year is. Yes. And if you are sending mixed signals to everybody in regards to, oh, we are rebuilding, but we're playing Michael every game, which whatever you think of Michael, that's, that's what's happening. We're rebuilding and we are bringing in a high-priced DP winger from Italy and we've even created a website about him potentially coming uh, come to the team in six days. And 
then you look at players who are playing out of position, literally just trying to keep the to keep the boat afloat, and you, and you just get them frustrated because like I I I am allowed tinfoil hats in this and saying, are they trying to lose? And obviously you don't want to have those thoughts, but like you look at tactical decisions, you look you look at the question about Pozuelo and whether he's going to be here next year or not, and you, you start to question like. What is going on? Like, wh- what's going on with management? Like, what what is their plan? Are they consistent with it? Because if they continue to sh- keep sh- sending mixed signals, this is going to have a more of a drastic effect than they realize to the, to the people who watch this game every single week or go down to the stadium. Because they're going to say, well, if they don't know what they're doing, why am I spending my time trying to figure this out? And mm-hmm. That's where I'm coming to, and I and I don't think it's fair to the fans if they don't know what's going on, and it's not fair to the team, the players on the team who are being forced to play a new position, learn everything, and get in their crap, their names being thrown under the mud for not doing as well because they're they're playing out of position, and that's where I stand on this. No, Richard, thank you so much for your thought. I really appreciate that, and I think you're bang on. I'm going to move you back into the audience. Um, but thank you for your thought. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, this is a point I was making during the game, and I know a, a few people have made this as well. I agree, right? Like, you, you have to be upfront and honest with the fans. The, the, the Toronto FC fan base is not stupid, right? Like, they, they understand and they know, they know kind of what's happening, even if you're not saying the words. And uh, I think that, look, you have to get Lorenzo Insigne. We talked about this on uh, the Toronto July Dive podcast uh, this past week, right? You have to go get Lorenzo Insigne now because when are you ever going to have another chance to go get Lorenzo Insigne on a free still at 28 years old, right? Or, yeah, he's still, I think he's still done. So, you know, like you have to, you have to go and make that move now. So I get that. I think my issue is is that it, it, it you you end up in a, a scenario where where um, you 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 you're 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 having fans kind of say like well you know Lorenzo's coming we we should be good now we should be fine um, and I like I've said for a long time I don't know if Lorenzo fixes all of this right i think maybe tonight he scores that one goal jaden ended up flashing wide uh, of the far post in the first half but uh, you know i don't know if he fixes all this i don't know if the two other guys that there or three other guys that they're going to come necessarily fixes all of this either um but i mean I, I think what you do is you start to bolster your squad um and, and you have an opportunity to sort of build from there that's where i think the real in their mind re- rebuild actually starts is this coming transfer window. Um, but I'd love to get people's thoughts on that as well. Um, go ahead, Kev. Uh, so uh, my thought is, is that uh, Lorenzo Insigne is going to score a lot of goals. Uh, but Toronto is still going to give up a lot of goals. Oh, they're going to ship a lot of goals. Yeah. So it's not going to fix the defensive woes, but we're just going to score way more goals than them. Well, no, so we're going baseball spot. Because here's the problem. is We started out with at least having somebody that could put the ball in the net. He's gone cold. Yep. And since he's gone cold, no one else has really stepped up. And that's always been an issue we talked about is that secondary scoring. 
we don't have enough secondary scoring on this roster. This is true. So you're right. Insignia is going to come in, and offensively, he's going to be an asset to the team. But that's not solving our defensive issues. And before this, we, we before the show started, we talked about this. We look at last season, we knew who our defend our, our, our core defenders were, whether it be on the wings or in center back. We have one guy that's returning from that roster from last year, and he's played two and a half games. Yeah. And every other game you've had literally a makeshift back four or back three or whatever. We've had somebody, Shane O'Neill, who's been he's he's to me he's been the best of the defenders in the sense of he's performed more than what he was expected to. He was supposed to be a serviceable backup to give breaks to Mavinga and Salcedo. But no, so yeah, so Salcedo. Salcedo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But because um, we were talking about Jefferson earlier. Yeah. But <laughs> that didn't work out, right? So he's been forced to play more and it's only hurt him physically, yeah. right? So unless we figure that out, I'm, I like the fans are going to still bitch and complain. Yeah, I mean, both again, and we'll see. There's rumors out there of, of who's coming in and, and things like that. So whether that's Krishito or that's someone else, um, I, I think that's uh, that's you know we'll we'll see what they do in the window. I think that's that's a big that's going to be a big thing. Um, I'm still going to maintain that this is not a playoff team um, in its current form, and I'm not sure we'll see when the signings come in and how they bet in. But I'm, again, I kind of see the 2022 as sort of the the year to get your set up for 2023 and that's when you really can start to judge this team um based on the moves that they eventually make um well again this is your show guys so uh, i i know you guys have thoughts out there i've seen you tweet them um so uh let us know what you're thinking go ahead and request the mic uh, and we'll get you on the show or if you want to uh get in a question or a comment um at us on twitter um, at TFC Tunnel Club, that's our Twitter handle, um, or DM us uh, a, a message, and we will uh, we'll get that onto the show. Um, but okay, I've got Big Country in here, so I'm going to bring you in. Um, go ahead, unmute yourself, and give us thought. Might take you a moment to get in there. Okay, there you go. I see you in there. Go ahead, Big Country. Oh, hey, hey guys. Yep, Steve. Uh, Big Country football in the West Coast here. Um, I guess my concern with Insigni coming is what, you know, what we've done with our DPs uh, over the last few years. Like, there seems to be something about the culture of the club that, you know, they'll come in and have one or two maybe at the most great seasons and then just completely lose interest. Or, you know, you look at Josie, the way it ended with him, Soteldo, now Pozuelo it's happening, Mavinga. You know, like, there's, there's just a trail of players that have come in, you know, look great for a little while and then get worse or just lose interest. And um, something about the, the club is, is, is causing that. we got to understand what it is and try to <laughs> you see how this, how we can get it turned around. It's, you know, th- this is, uh, this is hard to watch what we've been seeing. Um, and, you know, these young nine, like three 19 year olds starting today, a couple of 22s, um, you know, bunch of kids coming coming on as subs, and just looking right out of the depth, like not not anywhere near the level. Um, you know, and it, it it's uh, there's a a long way to go to get this club competitive as it stands right now. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on 
why we kind of seem to just destroy these DPs as, as a club. Okay, so I I don't necessarily agree that we destroy like you can blame the club when it comes to the like obviously they chose the DP contracts and who to bring in, um, and some haven't worked. I don't think I think on paper or what we saw from, for example, Jefferson, there was a lot of expectations. But what happened outside of the pitch on the back like what was going on, like I things that we don't know. There was a lot of issues there, and he was not the right fit for the club. And often you see somebody perform based on videos, based on, you know, what they've done in their career, and you're hoping that they can emulate that skill and bring it to the table. But the personality and, and there's other issues that come with that, and that is often the case. Josie, I think Josie was a good signing up until, like, Josie was injured half the time he was here. So whose fault is that? Like he was just injury prone. Do we blame that on Josie? Do we blame that on training on like, you know, I think there's a combination. So I don't think when it, when you can solely blame the club on the DP signings, a club sees a player, they have a, they, they, you know, whoever it is that that's targets that player sees a skill set that they believe can bring an asset to the team. More, truthfully, outside of Jefferson, they've given most of their DPs a couple seasons to grow and see if they can adapt. Clearly, that was a bad mistake, and they got rid of that one as quick as they could. But I'm not going to necessarily hold the club as, like, they, they totally screwed up, because how many MVPs have we gotten out of our DPs, too? We've yeah. got an MLS trophy. We've been to at least three MLS Cups based on our DPs. But I would argue there that from a DP perspective, we kind of have been spoiled, right? Like for, as a club, we've been spoiled because we signed three DPs that kind of fit each other at the time that they were kind of signed, right? And Michael Bradley in, in Sebastian Jovinko and Josie Altidore. Now, obviously, how things ended with two of them wasn't great. One was mainly down to injuries and and. Really, that was the big thing. Uh, and then the other was sort of just a dispute around money. Um, so from that perspective, Big Country, I, I, I see what you're saying and I see where you're going with it. I just think that overall in the last little bit, our DP signings have actually turned out to, for the most part, been good, right? If you think about Michael, Seba, Josie, Pozuelo, um, those, most teams don't hit on almost four DPs in a row. Right. In terms of that sort of success rate. So I think the, the thing that might be concerning is looking over the last, say, year and a bit with Soteldo. You can make some arguments around Salcedo, and that's an argument we've kind of or a discussion that we've been having for a while. I'm not going to necessarily drag that through right now, but, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting once Insigne is here and playing games how that goes because you know it could be you know it should be pretty fruitful from from just the pure skill level alone but maybe it's not um and and that is something that could happen right it may take him a while to get his adapt not from a footballing skill perspective obviously he is going to be immensely talented but 
man's never lived outside of Naples before, right? Like, you know, that that's just a reality of, of people sort of betting into a new team. Uh, so that's something that we need to consider. Um, okay, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of talk a little bit um, or want to talk a little bit about sort of the game and, and, and it's a weird one because yes, we're upset. It was a two nil loss. But again, if you want to look at it from this perspective, had a lot of possession. Red Bulls willingly gave that up, so we have to count that as well. But TFC also created a lot of chances, right? They created. They, it's not like they were sitting there. There was no opportunities for TFC to potentially level the game, right? Especially in the first half, there were opportunities to do that. I guess my question for you guys is: Again, we were kind of talking about you know maybe having to bolster the back, but you know, are we having to look again for? Uh, a couple more finishers, right? Like, like I know we have been saying like, Hey, bolster the back, get a holding midfielder that can win the ball, but maybe we do need to look at a striker. Maybe I do need to change my mind on the fact that we need to look maybe at another, another player up top to finish along with Insigne and, um, and with Jesus Jimenez and a name got brought up today um, in the pregame show. And I know, I don't think he was necessarily trying to break anything here. But an interesting uh, thought about Junior Hoylet coming to the team. And uh, whether it happens, I don't know. He's been offered a new contract at Reading. He, maybe he signs it. But, you know, is that sort of what we need right now? Is another sort of winger to come in and, and potentially provide a little bit more? Because let's face it, like DeAndre Kerr, like I, I still see potential in him for sure. But again, he's another player right out of school playing his first season. I, you know, I, I think he needs a little bit more time to develop. And right now, the fan base is restless. Um, so is that a player that you can see kind of slotting in um, and giving TSC a, a boost uh, come the, the July transfer window? Well, I mean, we're all sitting here and listening to Julian, you know, uh, make that claim. And that kind of like, I know it. It woke me up when I saw that. And I was just like, wait, like I literally had to start scrolling to see if I'm like, and is, this, is there any report that they signed him? Because the way Julian kind of approached the conversation was as if, as if TFC, this was a done deal. But then, you know, they, they made sure there was a posting on, on TSN's website to say like with a question mark. And so nothing was obviously nothing has been done. To me, this would be an asset. And, and the reason I believe this is an asset is that we have no secondary score. And the secondary scoring that we're relying upon are all young kids. And they're not ready for that, for that, to take on that, that mantle of being that. At least none of them have, have been, feel threatened enough where they feel their spot on the roster is in jeopardy and they need to step, step it up one more level. And maybe bringing in a a Canadian vet that can also maybe teach the younger kids someone that they respect already within the Canadian program that they know has done done his time and he can still ball and I believe he he this like if you don't do it now there's like now is the only time to bring him back to the MLS you can't wait another year or two his career like he's yeah. not gonna. This is it. We're going to get a year probably out of him that will be an asset outside of that. I don't know. But then that's the question, right? Like, is that worth the money for just a year? Based on what you're currently doing? Yeah. Like, 
we're throwing in five or six kids every every week to sink or swim, and for the most part, they're sinking. Like we haven't. I mean, we've we've watched enough. Let's let's be real. We see There's the fans complain. Yeah. We've, we've had enough video to know that these kids are not like. Jacob Schaffelberg, we love when we see him play in that left mid position, but when they drop him back in that wing back position, he cannot handle the defensive role. Kosey Thompson cannot handle the defensive role. Luca Petrasso struggles on the defensive role. I can keep naming them. They all struggle on the defensive role. They're not defenders. We've asked kids to play a position that they've never played in their young career, but not just imagine, like, it'd be one thing to play and then ask them to change it, playing against kids their same age. They're playing against professionals that are bringing it game in, game out. That's really not the best way for a kid to learn a new position. So I think, yes, bringing in somebody like a Julian, or sorry, like a, a Junior Ouellette, only be a, a bonus to help develop these young kids. Somebody that they can actually have conversations with and be like, all right, what do I need to do? What is, and I think like they will, they'll feel that connection that they don't necessarily feel from some of these Europeans or some of these big stars. Because they're not, it's not that same connection. It's not that same understanding where we grew up. They all grew up, like half the roster grew up in Brampton. Like they all understand each other. You know what I mean? Like, so I, to me, it'd be an asset. And, and to your point, like uh, just to keep on to that Brampton uh, thought is, uh, sorry, um, Jonathan Osorio, he emulated Victor Vasquez's play style. And then when Victor Vasquez went and Pozuelo came in, he's emulating Pozuelo's play style. This is what we, like, I think that bringing in Hoylet for a year, you know, Working we, out, Nick. we could have that, like, somebody else, like, emulate, like, one of these players and, you know, change their style. Like, if you watch Jonathan Osorio through the years, his play style has changed, like, three or four times depending on who he's learning under. So could a player like, and both of you guys can answer this, and maybe anyone in, in the audience, I'd love to hear from your, your take, because it's also a player that we've talked about often. With, um, like today we saw him have multiple, multiple chances on the attacking zone and can't finish. So would a player, would he learn from having Junior Orlando? Yeah, I'm assuming you're talking about Jaden. Yes, Jaden Nelson. Would he not just, but I mean, you're also obviously he's going to have an insignia in practice and play more his position. But he, he, we know that he has the ability to play either way. Learning from like having watching insignia and then going having a conversation with somebody who you know will be able to sit down and talk to you, not just at practice, but even after and talk and help your career. Because I think. Somebody like Junior can only grow um, Jaden to the next phase because we, anyone who's watching, sees what he, the talent he has, but he needs the, to tweak so many little areas. I think, I think finishing, understanding, knowing when to be aggressive and when to pull back and pass it versus trying to do it on your own. And that's something that I think a Junior Hoylet can only help him develop and be, become a better professional. That's my tip. Hey, look, it'd be great if you have a junior hornet. I'm not going to argue against you. Oh, I'm just wondering where all this money's coming from. Right? Like, I, like, but I mean, we got bags of, 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 of Tam and Gam and all that. So fair enough. But uh, I guess, like, again, and, and I've seen the whole, you know, people are mocking play the kids out there. Um, and I get that. 
again, it, it, it's the question, and I asked this last year, I think Tej Soda is a, a friend of ours, a friend of the show. Um, you know, we had a back and forth last year on this show about, you know, what do Toronto fans want to see? And, and I'd love to hear this from the audience because I want to know what you want this club to be. Um, so go ahead and request the mic. Give me your answer to this. Do we want to be a club that just signs essentially finished product senior players, right? Like a, I'll give you an example, a Bayern Munich, right? Bayern don't really, aside from Musiala and, you know, Bastion Swine, they, they don't really produce players out of their academy. They signed finished players. Um, do we want to kind of be that? Or do we want to have a, you know, do we want to be able to develop young players um, in the GTA and bring them through to the senior team? And, and, that's, and that's the question I think we want to ask ourselves. Because in one way, you know, we could be that team that goes and signs senior players and every year we're, we're, we're trotting out some new team that we've signed in different transfer windows. Or, you know, we can start to develop some of these young players, sell them on um, for profit, and then hopefully a couple of them help you win a championship or at least get you into a position where you're a competing team. That's a general question I'm at. I'm not prescribing which one we should be. I'm just asking that question. Um, I'd love for either Kev, Sean, jump in, and then anybody in the room, go ahead and request the mic. Um, you know, what, what, what ideally to you is TFC? as a as a franchise and as a as a club what are what what should they be i'll jump in here yeah uh, so years ago i was watching a toronto fc versus columbus game and columbus pulled up a banner mid-game that just said built not bought and that resonated it's like seven years later and it's still in my brain um and from that point, it was just like, yeah, like Toronto was buying their victories. And nothing wrong with that. Um, but it, it, also, it also started making me think about the academy more and like, you know, bringing up the kids and all that. Um, but also I understand that it's MLS and like DPs make a difference on most teams. And where my thought is now is, why can't we just have both? You get the superstar players and then you get the kids to learn under them. And then they become these greater players. And, and it just becomes a cycle over and over again. It's just right now we're kind of stuck in this. We gave away a lot of the senior talent that would be teaching these kids what to do. Uh, I think, okay. So, what I want to see is I want to see a club that's competing year in, year out. But at the same time, I've always wanted to see a club. To, I wanted TC to be a club that allows the, the ability for one or two young players to grow. I don't necessarily want expect them to have five or six every season, but I'd like to see at least every offseason, one of the academy kids be given that opportunity to fight for a chance and be actually give like – he earned it. If he's called, if he's signed to the senior roster, he earned that right. Yeah. Now, with that being said, 
I guess where the club is right now is a needed re- refresh because you, at a certain point, if you're going to be that club like a Bayern, you have to be willing to let go of players and know when it's time to say no. And I think that's been one of the issues with TFC in the past is not is knowing when to cut ties with the player. And maybe a few of them they've held on a little too long trying to – and. You know, the past few years, we've had so many factors that have played into this, the pandemic, not playing at home, just trying to survive. But I think that's part of why we're, we are where we are now. I think we have a, a, a president or a VP, whatever Bill Manning is, who's made it clear. His, our goal is to win trophies every year. Well, in order to win trophies, you have to have the right structure. And structure needs to be from the bottom to the top. You can't just keep patching the top and hoping that fixes everything. We've seen what, where we are right now is because of the patchwork. So they need to either fix it and we're going to have a season like we're having now in order for two to three years from now to be a consistently club that filters in one or two young guys as you're adding players along the way and continues that. Like they have that ability. They have the money. They have the, they're not a club that is not willing to spend. So you, if you build it right, you could have long-term success. Good points. I will say this. In MLS, when, how many clubs have you seen go on and win MLS Cup and have successfully integrated both youth players and, like, senior established stars into one team and go on and become an None. MLS Cup. None. None. All the MLS Cup winners, the majority of them, are basically senior squads, right? They're exp- what pushes a lot of teams over the top, and it happened to TFC in, in, in 2016, is they went out and they got MLS veterans in the free agent market and turned themselves into a winner. Right. They could have gone to the academy at that point and they didn't. Right. Because here the, the truth right now in MLS is as much as you're seeing young talent come into from academies into first teams and getting sold for big money. Some of them, some of these cases, they're not even touching the first team. They're getting sold right from academy to Europe is that generally I mean, right now, FC Dallas is having some success. Um, based with some of those young players, but they had to go get a Paul Areola and they had to go get some senior players to make that happen. So I guess my thing is, is if, and you're right, Bill Manning did come out and say, like, we want to be competing for trophies every year. Then you kind of have to buy players and bring in players that help you do that right now. And, And that's where I can understand people's frustration around play your kids. And, and Tej said this last year in that conversation I referenced earlier, where he said, listen, Toronto wants to see winners. That's what Toronto wants to see. You want to see winners. And you don't care how you get it, right? Ideally, what you want is you want a team that, whether it's a bunch of guys that you sign from Europe or South America, or, you know, you get a, a pitch full of kids and they turn into Barcelona. Great. But generally speaking, Toronto fans want a winner and they want and they want to have a winner that is fun to watch. Fun to watch and kind of flashy. 
right? You want big sign. We like big signings. We've been spoiled with big signings, and that's what and that's what the fan base expects. So when they get this, that's where I think a lot of that frustration comes from because they're like, "What? You know, you can go out and buy a bunch of guys from Europe or from Mexico, from South America. You can probably bring in a whole new team in July if you wanted to. Obviously, they're not going to do that, but." My point being is that uh, I think right now the way that the league is, it's really still a league that's for senior players. And and as the league evolves, you will have more teams that bring in youth players and, and build teams around them. But at this point right now, you know, like look at the Red Bull. Like everybody says Red Bull's great. They bring in academy players and they turn it. But the, what have they been doing last couple of years? Buying senior players. When's the last time Red Bull won um, the, the well, they haven't won it. Won the cup. Well, they never won it. That's They've the never point. won it. FC Dallas. When's the last time they won uh, the cup? So never for won all it. The, the young kids that these guys develop and, tr- and send off, it doesn't bring trophies. So TFC has to make a decision. Like I still think you can add one or two young players. Because it's not like the year we won the cup, we didn't have guys from the academy or from draft that, that were part of the roster. But they weren't starters. Fair enough. Except they, Fair enough. And I, he but like and he didn't even start. But the point is on the 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 twenty eight, twenty five, whatever man roster we had at that point, we had players that were within that that whether it be through draft or through the system, were there. You're not the the, the reality is is TFC has to make decisions. We one or two players a year and hope that they can get adapt and be assets and maybe one of them will really shine. But you're right, based on what they've done in the past, they've gone out and find and built a winning team, not based on the academy, but based on experience. Right, and based on skill. Yeah. Right, and and that's and I think that's where. And please come on and come on with you guys if you if you think I'm wrong in this then let me know because um, I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But I think, I, I think right now, you know, I, July again is going to be so important because I think it's not just, oh, we're going to get our Lorenzo Insigne and a couple of Italian guys and hopefully that fixes everything. You're going to have to really go out and get some proven defenders. Defend, well, not just even just be on the positions, right? I think you need to get proven players that can come into a locker room and really help set the tone and the culture of the team. I think there is a culture being built right now. I know it's hard to say that when you you're getting, even when we were on a four match and beaten run coming into this, which I feel like a lot of the comments um, reactions to this game have been forgetting, but we haven't really played that great. Right, we've been getting some results, but we haven't really played that great in any of those games. Um, so, from that perspective, I think you really need to find culture guys, and it's and I know that's a word. Culture is a you know sometimes a cringy word, but I think you do need to find those players that can come in and really set the tone um, from that perspective. And and really, until we get to July, it's you know it's going to be hard to it's really going to be hard to not look at this roster and say like, you know, who's like all these young players, how, how many of them are going to make it right? How many of them are realistically back next year? 
you know, um, you know, this was supposed to be your noble Akello gets his tent. He's been hurt. I get that. He can't control that, but you know, Prizzo has been hurt a lot, right? Well, I mean, exactly. And, and, and the point being is just, you know, whether they go on and be sold or whether, you know, they, you know, it just doesn't work out in terms of being in the, in the 11 or being even in a match to 18 all the time. Um, you know, there's going to have to be some, like we said, decisions made uh, on what this team wants to be going forward. Um, okay. We've got one request here from Thundercard. So I'm going to bring you in. All right. There you go, Thundercat. Uh, go ahead. Uh, unmute yourself and uh, give us your thought. Hi, folks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, I think I was a little behind there because it jumped forward in uh, mid mid sentence there, and then you let me on. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no worries. I was caught a little off guard. That, that, that. But um, yeah, I guess going back to what I guess I'm looking for in the team is kind of uh, you know it was touched on by by a couple of you there about yeah having like I, and I think culturally you 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 touched on that whole culture issue. I think keeping someone like moral in the front office is you know trying to build that culture uh i think keeping these players that were very committed to to this squad and played at a high level um not only you know physically but you know uh mentally and 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 were big leaders like these are the guys that need to stay in this system in one way or another to help build that culture and and yeah like one or two guys from the academy being brought up while you know you know buying those specific players i think a big thing though is is stopping the constant overseas look i think it's time to start maybe flashing some cash to um really solid mls players because i i feel like kind of this team has gotten away from that and you know the last time we've had a couple of those solid guys in the system we you know they competed for for a cup final again, you know, when you have the, the Moors, when you have even um, uh, Dillion was mentioned, right? Like these guys who are solid MLS journeymen who can really contribute and, and know the game and know the physicality of the game and the, you know, grind that is the, the travel schedule. Uh, like it needs to find that balance, right? I, I think we all kind of want that ideal balance is what I think I would be looking for, where you have the one or two academy kids, you have a solid group of core MLS uh, proven guys, and then you bring in those, you know, that cream to finish off the top of the team to, to get you over the hump. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for your thought. Um, and that kind of goes to what I was saying earlier in terms of just what I was thinking. And then I got, I'm just going to move you back into right, the audience here. So thank you. For, yeah, no, thank you for contributing. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I think, look, I like it or not, Toronto fans, there's a reason Seattle has, you know, yeah, three MLS or two MLS cups and, um, and, and, and now have a Champions League. Right. You know, they 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 built a core. They've been able to keep it. But also when when they've had to go into the market, they've bought smartly. Uh, and, and yes, now they're starting to bring in young players from the academy. But, you know, they have also 
really been good at finding ways to bring in MLS veterans, like the signing of Albert Rusnak, you know, from Rail Salt Lake this season. Like that's that's the kind of thing I think TFC fans, you know, would want to see from their team, right? Is is going out and getting guys like that are going to help you um, push on to another level. And, that, and that's kind of where I'm going with my thought. Um, but Sean, I know you want to jump in, so go ahead. Well, I mean, if we're looking back on and we're, you know, comparing Seattle to Toronto, well, Toronto's biggest mistake was probably letting go of, um, and I'm going to butcher his name right now, uh, but uh, what's his name that's now with Seattle? GM, our former. Wait, do you mean Seattle or Columbus? No, sorry, Columbus. Oh, yeah. The best, 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 yes, well, he wanted to go. He Fair enough. To go. But I think that was the, the start of you yeah. had the ability to basically be Seattle Beast. And I think he had the right vision and understanding the league, yeah. built by adding the right pieces, whether it be from NLS in signing season veterans to trying to find you know, that European, the right European DP versus just let's get this big name because it's, it should be an asset to our team, but maybe we didn't do the right homework that his personality isn't going to gel with what the club's vision is. I think that since then, all we've done is try to patch things. And maybe that's the real issue is that we had somebody that could have, we could have been the Seattle of East, but we chose to go, we felt you know what, maybe upper manager felt they knew better. And whatever the case may be, I just think since that moment, the club has just been trying to patch, 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 patch. And that was the mistake, is that you lost the, the key factor, and that's that's more important than trying to patch these other players. Yeah, and you're dead on right, because uh, Bez took over Columbus, and they won an MLS Cup. They won a Champions Cup under him. So. Yeah, and they, look, I, I think the the one thing that I will say on that is, and, and look, I, I I've got you know, I've got I've got a lot of time um, for Ali Curtis as a person, um, you know, and and but I think bringing him in and trying to change the philosophy of the team, and look, Josie Altador mentioned it in his comments after he signed for New England. Right. Like the, the club sort of lost its way in terms of what it wanted to be. Right. A, a, a kind of that sort of mentality of, you know, going out there and and trying to dominate matches um, with your play, with your mentality, with the with the way that you, you know, come in it, it, in each match was lost. Uh, now, again, once you lose Bezvachenko, you lose Greg Vanny, both decided to leave. It, it's not like the club forced them out or anything like that. They decided to leave um, in the end of the day. Um, you know, you, that's a lot of institutional knowledge lost there. Um, but I think, you know, you still had Bill Manning there. Um, and, I, and I still think from that perspective, you know, you still had a president who could have still instilled that. Um, from from the top, and uh, and I think you lost a couple of seasons of that because you didn't have that sort of thought process in terms of that culture, and now you're trying to rebuild it, 
Uh, and I think, again, like I said I, I, earlier, I think that that culture is starting to come back, um, but it will take time, as we said before. And I know nobody wants to hear that because we want to be competing for trophies right now. Um, or at least, you know, looking like a team that looks like it's played together before. Um, but that's going to be, that's going to take a bit. Uh, and, and, and until then, uh, you know, until we see these new signings and see what they can do, um, we may have more nights like this for the remainder of the season, uh, which is not going to be always fun. Um, but I think we're going to stop it there. Um, you know, from a, from a show perspective, again, thank you for those who have participated in tonight's tunnel club. Um, as we are talking, we're also watching the Canadian U twenties. Um, hopefully I'm not providing any spoiler alerts, but it's not looking good. Um, they are down one nil to Cuba right now. Uh, and it looks like they're, they may drop this result here, but, uh, it's been embarrassing watching Cuba do what they've been doing that. Oh, I'm hurt. I'm down. Like, kill, like wasting time has been one of the worst things and it's embarrassing watching soccer played like this. But they did bring out the magic spray. Oh, yeah. They did bring out the magic spray. Which we, we had a pre yeah. yeah, and just in case you're not watching, Cuba has one. Or Cuba has one, sorry. Uh, but we'll end the show there. Thank you so much for participating uh, in tonight's Tunnel Club show. Um, on behalf of Sean, on behalf of our guest uh, host, Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yes. no problem. And Halifax. And yeah, well, uh, Halifax has been good. Uh, we'll watch Forge uh, Wanderers tomorrow. But other than that, everybody, uh, continue to listen to Tunnel Club. Uh, follow us here at uh, TFC Tunnel Club. Um, at, uh, and also, again, um, our brother podcast, uh, Toronto Till I Die. Follow at Toronto Till I Die. Um, but on behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. We will talk to you. Uh, on Thursday after the Canadian Championship game against uh, Montreal. Um, again, that might be interesting as well. We may have some spicy takes after that. But uh, with that, good night. Enjoy the rest of your uh, weekend. Take care.